0: Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate at GitHub. How we doing tonight?
1: Woo! I am spicy. It has been a busy <laughs> week of news, uh, a lot of which we've made the decision to not talk about wow. on the show today. Uh, but it's been a good week, I think.
0: Literally, my roommate and I were like, it's so great to have everyone just talking about the same news story yes. again. I wish it were literally anything else.
2: <laughs> 100% agreed. I was going to say, I was like, the uh, this story is terrible. But man, is there a lot to talk about? Like, There's
1: a lot of angles. <laughs> and yet,
0: we're not covering it. Um, right, exactly. Because I'm depressed. <laughs> wow, but we do have a fun show for you this week. Uh, we'll be talking about the FTC taking action once again, uh, as well as a... Massive feature over at The Verge about the human labor behind machine learning. Then for our dessert topic, our fun little capper to end the show, uh, Brianna is making a purchase.
1: I am.
0: Uh, An interesting purchase. It's not a pinball machine this time. It's not a pinball machine. And we are going to learn about some of the options that she's considering. Our boosties, our booster subscribers who are bringing you the show this week... We'll get a bonus segment where we will talk about the end of Prince Harry and uh, Duchess Meghan's Spotify deal huh. ending. Um,
2: whomp, people whomp. Who That's going to be a good one. Whomp, so It's
0: going to be fun. It's gonna be I don't fun. You know.
2: I got
1: yelled at a lot oh, on yeah? Twitter. Oh, yeah. Over I know this. you did. I know.
2: Classic. And, and which absolutely, because you will, because people are insane. But that this is a this is a good one, the worth like mm-hmm. – getting yelled at over i think so it's like
1: i love megan markle i've defended her on the show in at least three segments like i'm not i'm not a hater and it's not enough for twitter but we'll talk about Uh, it later
0: where nuance goes to die if you're interested in hearing more about that topic You can go to relay.fm slash membership and learn how you can support our show directly. And what you get for doing that uh, is you get a bonus segment every week um, and you also get an ad-free show. But in this case, you get a bonus segment and we super duper appreciate you. Um, But let's get right into it. All right. What are we doing here? (sighs) After suing to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision, the FTC has gone on to sue Amazon, accusing the company of entrapping customers with Amazon Prime and then making it difficult for them to cancel. The complaint focuses on Amazon's use of dark patterns, in this case uh, presenting multiple options to sign up for Prime during checkout, as well as obscuring the ability to simply – or – offering those options to sign up and obscuring the ability to just, like, get through the checkout process without adding that on, as well as making cancellation a difficult multi-step process, requiring, uh, I'll quote here from the FTC statement, five clicks on desktop and six on mobile. The FTC also alleges that Amazon attempted to delay their investigation, which has been ongoing since 2021, by providing, quote-unquote, bad faith responses. For its part, Amazon says... That's not true. <laughs> and also, you guys should have told us you were about to sue us. Uh, and we look forward to proving our case in court. That's uh, and you know, a legal case is going to be like a bit fun and spicy because that's literally what their lawyer said. Like, we look forward to proving our case in court. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's hot already. It's hot. As The Verge's McKenna Kelly points out, last year the FTC brought similar charges around dark patterns uh, in Fortnite against Epic Games, and Epic ended up settling for five hundred twenty million. Uh, Amazon Prime itself brings in twenty five billion dollars a year for Amazon, according to Reuters, and has more than two hundred million members. Uh, Amazon also, Amazon's representative also said, customers love Prime. Leave us alone. Um, it, it's an interesting case. What, what do y'all think about the FTC's case here? Obviously they've had some nominal success with Epic Games. Uh, Amazon is a different beast, uh, me thinks.
1: My, my first reaction is like, why would Illinois cancel Prime? Like, you know, so it's like your, your, your lizard brain is there at first, you are like, why would someone want to cancel print? That makes no sense. You get all these great shows. The great Jack Ryan uh, show is on on Amazon Prime. It is just freaking amazing. Like and and like you spend so much more of the one hundred and forty dollars over the course of a year on shipping like batteries and other stupid stuff to your house. But then it's like well. But there's a bigger thing at play here. And it is probably good for you know corporations to make like unsubscribing very simple. So it's like I understand the lawsuit, but I don't understand the lawsuit at the same time. Uh,
2: yeah, I it's it's interesting. So I I I'm kind of with you, Brie. Like my initial thought was I was like, huh i i I have no idea whether this is a drug pattern or not because this is the one service that I will never cancel um right. because because to your point like I think for the video stuff alone for a lot of people, it's worth it uh I know like my my husband certainly watches so much of his content is is things from Amazon or amazon channels um and then the free shipping and and some of the other discounts, and then I have a credit card with them, and so I get like five percent like cash back on all my purchases, but I think it's like contingent on being a prime member. And so like it pays for itself genuinely, like every year. So this is just one of the, even the 5% back as like, I'm going to make enough to cover the prime membership. So I'm with you, but then I was looking at the complaint, and this, I love, I love this detail. So Amazon named the cancellation process (laughs) Iliad referring to Homer's epic about a, the long arduous Trojan War. And then they Oof. designed the Iliad ca- cancellation process known as the Iliad Flow to be oh, no. a labyrinth. And Amazon as leadership. Why'd you guys leadership, do that? Including, <laughs> including uh, uh, three people named slowed or rejected user experience changes that would have made Iliad simpler for consumers because those changes adversely affected Amazon's bottom line. Oh, so when I saw that, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you're screwed a little bit. Like (laughs) if they're naming this in the court documents, I have to imagine that they have emails and things on this. Like I, I have to imagine that they didn't just like pull that out of their butts. Like they, they have to have email proof on that. So if that's the case, I don't know what other argument you can kind of give to say that like, why else would you name something that way? So I'm like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, I, 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 d- I don't think this is Fortnite bad but this 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 doesn't strike me as good just
1: just I do just super quickly like I, there are, I'm reading like five clicks and do you remember like the dark patterns Christina we had back in the 90s when you're trying to cancel an MMO because it's like you want to play Ultima Online it's like just give me your credit card you'll do it you want to cancel an MMO <laughs> subscription you write in your customer service center you're heck? on hold for 45 minutes so I'm like going five clicks that's a great deal that's amazing. Um, no, you're not wrong. Well, I mean, I was gonna <laughs> say, I remember the one.
2: I, I never was on any MMOs, but the one I remember was Real Player.
1: because you never I remember, did
2: MMOs. I did not. Um, oh. But in in the in the early 2000s, like, remember, like Big Brother, they would like let you watch like Big Brother like 24 seven cameras, and so, but you needed a Real Player subscription, and like, I forgot to cancel it, and I had to call them, and I had to basically almost lie and be like, I'm moving out of the country. It was basically <laughs> what I had to say to them to get them to cancel. And I, and so, you know, like the New York Times also makes you call to cancel, which is obscene, right. but at least Here's, they yeah, are not my, mean about it.
0: My position on this is I, I feel like I I also I'm skeptical that it is that difficult to unsubscribe from Amazon Prime. Um that being said, I guess if we're taking the stance against like dark patterns and user manipulation. It is a logical place to start considering how or – they're not starting there, obviously, since they've already gone through Epic Games and all. But it's a logical, I guess, path to follow uh, considering how large Amazon is and how I, I think they have very much made a model for online subscriptions that others can look to and say, like, that's working real well for them let's try that obviously as you pointed both pointed out they didn't invent dark patterns but um they have such a huge user base is now a good time to talk about what i i just logged into my amazon to see when i last used it yeah that's the last fine. time i purchased something for myself was in 2018 and it was for christmas stuff the last time i used amazon period was in 2020 when I needed to rush order a bunch of stuff for a work project. I'm the person. I'm yeah, the person who doesn't.
2: No. You know, oh, I don't you... have it. I don't have oh, don't have it. Okay, okay, no. okay. Well, yeah, mean, so, so you're yeah. fine. So, okay, I just looked just to see out of my own. And now maybe they changed this since this was announced. I don't know. But I just want to see how hard it was to cancel. Yeah. It is not difficult.
0: How, wait, at tell all. us. The, tell us your. I, I your walk. Process.
2: I walk. I walk you through the prompt because I, I think this is actually important because it is not at all difficult. So basically, when you go to like you click on the main thing, you go to your account. One of the top options, literally the third option you see is oh Prime. Oh my God! Yes. You, you click on Prime. Then there is you scroll down a little bit. Um. Or, or no, sorry. Then the then still at the top, it'll show you what your what your plan is, when your renewal date is, and then manage membership, update, cancel, and more. You can then um, click on end membership. So there's a drop down menu. You click on end membership. So this is second click. Then okay. there are three options one is remind me later, one is keep membership, one is continue to cancel. You click on continue to cancel, but it tells me I have 204 days left. And then it tells me that I can either cancel my on renewal or I can pause on renewal. And end on January 12th, 2024, which is when mine renews, it is in yellow. So it is actually not a dark pattern. It is actually oh. very clear. How you cancel this. Now, I don't want to cancel, so I'm not going to click, but I-, I can't imagine that it wouldn't cancel on Renew. So I don't know if it's different if you're subscribing month to month or what, but I have to be honest with you, this is significantly easier than almost any service I've used, including Disney Plus, HBO, you know, Netflix, all of these. Like the only ones that might yep. be easier would be Apple if you're subscribed using iOS. Um, but then you're also paying like a 30% premium for that in many cases. So like, I'm going to be honest, like, it's possible that they changed this now. I kind of doubt it was rolled out that quickly since this was announced as we're recording the show. Um, I really would like to see, I guess, like an update on, like, I, I wish now that the the legal proceeding had actual mm-hmm. exhibits. I mean, maybe it does, but like whatever I'm looking at doesn't have this because I'm not seeing anything that's making, making it clear to me. That. That's the
0: thing. Apparently, their whole statement is full of redacted Redactions, information, as if this. it were like the Kennedy assassination investigation. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the information actually has a piece that I uh, have not read because of the paywall, but I imagine it may point out
2: some of what you're talking about because it, it's headlined "What the FTC misses with the Amazon lawsuit." Yeah, I'm looking at this now. Uh, I'm trying trying to say that's not to say the FTC's assessment of Amazon's strategy is entirely correct. Um, I don't know what they're saying. A lot of it just seems to be kind of comparing with other antitrust deals. Yeah. i'll I'll send i'll I'll send you the the um, Thank you. the PDF. But, I'll read it later. but 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 but, I, but I'm yeah. not sure if there's anything here that says that. Like I said, and I'm even looking through the, as you said, the heavily redacted um, filing thing, but there are some screenshots, but they're on iOS, and they seemed more to be focused on signing up people up for prime, not canceling.
0: okay. Which was, I and mean, I guess that enough. is technically a dark pattern. Yeah, one hundred percent pushing people into signing up. Sure, but also I, I, I don't know. I, I just and you, y'all know that I am not a fan of Amazon. <sighs> no, you hate them. You hate them more than any. <laughs> I of hate us. them so much um, that I am the only person on earth who doesn't use Amazon. As I've just. Pointed out, showed uh, showing, so scary, it. So weird because
1: she spends so much time on Twitch, and I mean, don't you have to do the thing we say, and you sus- can subscribe to us or get a free membership by it through uh, no, Amazon Prime? No, we don't Prime. say
0: that. Oh, okay. We have May- people who do subscribe through Prime, um, right? But.
1: I, I This is why I wanted to ask, though. I mean, it just seems like... I, I don't know how Twitch is making money. They seem like a company with some problems lately. What's going on there? I, I really don't understand that whole scheme there. Like, if you subscribe like, their plan and you, like, subscribe to Hassan on Twitch, and then that's going to get Gen Z to subscribe to Amazon Prime? Like, is, is that, that the a dark pattern? I, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's don't a dark know. pattern. I think
2: it's more just, like, a bonus, right? Like, I think it's just, <laughs> yeah. like, a... I think I think it's more like a thing that they're like, hey, well, I will get like a free you know Twitch thing a month, you know, so that's like sixty bucks, yeah. you know, um, out of my one forty that I pay. I don't know.
0: We I mean we talk so much about uh, the FTC on this show and uh, also like various tech companies being brought before Congress and asked the world's dumbest questions. It this is a good reminder that like the FTC has like bit had successful, I guess, interactions with Epic Games, et cetera, et cetera. But this also to me just it doesn't feel as important, no, as
2: so many other things happening in tech right now. And no, not even remotely. Like yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, like Epic Games, I I understand that because a there are children involved, right? And I was going to say, and B, the money that we're talking about there is significantly more mm-hmm. than what you're talking about with Prime, right? Like yeah. uh, Prime is is, is we. Prime is honestly probably losing Amazon money. Like it's probably making the money like maybe in aggregate, but like I bet that for a lot of people it loses the money and then they use it as a loss leader to try to bring people into the ecosystem and and it's a long play. And I get it, that's fine. But like Epic literally makes billions and billions of dollars off of children and they do use those dark patterns. Roblox, you know, does those things too. There are a lot of things I think that that's good to go over. I'm not against this per se, but to your point, it is not as if, It would be one thing, like, if we really thought they could walk and chew gum at the same time, but this is the Mm -hmm. federal government, they cannot. And so I do question, like, is this where you should be putting your focus, when there might be bigger things for Amazon to investigate, such as the way that they uh, <coughs> labor practices. Oh, <laughs> well, sorry. Absolutely. But I'm, but I'm sorry. But, but oh. talking about, right. But even Sounded talking like about a the, bad cough. Wow. Right. Oh, but even talking um, about the FTC, if like we're not gonna talk about uh, OSHA, like we're gonna talk about the FTC, like I don't know. I I'd, I'd be more interested in looking at the way that that Amazon is is hindering. Um, uh, competition in the way that they copy products allegedly mm. that the people sell, and the way that they yeah. uh, don't don't do enough to stop counterfeiters and things like that. Like to me, that seems like much more important than what I just walked through. Which I, I I can't speak to what their patterns are to get people to sign up, but the cancellation flow. I'm sorry, that's one of the cleaner and easier cancellation flows I've seen of any service. I could you try. I know
0: I don't want to go through the process of seeing if how much it forces me to sign up. Um, yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with everything you just said.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree. It's like sometimes I read the articles doing show prep and I'm reading it and I'm like, nope, Christina's not going to buy this one. <laughs> Like yeah. was, it was literally in my notes. Like I understand it's not the strongest case and I understand this particular regulator. I understand there are some factors in her past that may give you uh the impression to me she's not uh the most neutral uh observer on this when it comes to Amazon. But I think like the the meta fact here is I think it's probably good for consumers to have a strong regulatory apparatus. Mm. Uh, like when they're designing websites and things like that going, well, we don't want to get sued, right? Or, oh, there's someone out here and we got Zan got sued for, you know, not having this process be very transparent. Maybe we should do it the right way. I just, I think this case is weak, but I think in, um, I, I think as an aggregate, this does have probably have a positive outcome for, for consumers.
0: Yes, the 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 thrust is in the right place. I just it just doesn't seem very strong. Yeah. Uh, what what I really did not mean to phrase it that way. <laughs> it all went so wrong. Let's move on <laughs> to the next topic of the day. Uh, <laughs> Josh Ziza uh, at the verge has published a fantastic feature about the people who help train AI by annotating everything under the sun uh, so that AI can learn from it. Uh, So one example given in the piece, going frame by frame through video and noting everything that a self-driving car camera would need to be aware of, such as... Bicycles, motorcycles, pedestrians, signs, lights, lines on the road, etc. You can imagine how that spirals. It is a massive and tedious task that is outsourced uh, through platforms like Mechanical Turk or to companies like Remote Tasks, who hires workers in cities like Nairobi to go through reams and reams of video and images and audio and data and etc. there because that also just keeps spiraling out and i'm barely scraping the surface of the weird kinds of data that people need to parse before a machine can learn from it uh one of the workers that uh ziza spoke to was asked to label the emotions of people ordering domino's pizza <laughs> so that the ai can learn about that um and it's also really important work because when ai encounters something that it hasn't been like given data on it is inclined to break and that can happen to comedic effect or at worst misleading effect with a chatbot, or it can happen to devastating effect with a self driving car. Um, so it is a f- fantastic uh, and also very uh, interesting and, and like experience driven piece because uh, Josh ends up like signing up for remote tasks and uh, annotating images. For a minute uh, and going through this 43 page instructional document. Uh, So it's a great look at the ways that like as a lot of the conversation around AI revolves around when will the AI steal our jobs? It's about the jobs that are currently existing to make the AI functional and it's being fed on human. The artificial intelligence needs human intelligence
1: first. This is a fantastic piece. I, I really like this. You know, there's a, a real tendency, I think, in the tech industry to kind of discount the value of this human factor and, uh, you know, kind of outsource it, right? Yeah, I think that was certainly uh, reflected in the wages we saw in this piece. But, um, you know, it, it reminded me of this story I saw a while back about how things at uh, GoFundMe, how much less fun that job had gotten because they found mm. a way to automate uh, basically, uh, you know, they have a lot of submissions. They try to pick the winners for the front page and their automation tools are really good at finding those fun, weird, strange projects. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the fun of digging through thousands of these and finding the, the diamonds in the rough to like, like, um, uh, you know, show, I'm sorry, not go fund me uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it had become very, very tedious where it was like, you know, um, this this uh like let's get a book uh jacket redone or let's update this system like you know important projects but just less sexy than like a fun cool new product or yeah. like a new sega genesis game that's right one example it had um and like i'm reading this and it's so dystopian because this job just seems like it would make you want to unalive yourself after a <laughs> while, uh, and the wages being so terrible, and, you know, they just burn and churn people, but the the stakes are really high. Like, it gives the example of how, uh, you know, when Tesla misidentified something because of a Nensch case, you know, like, someone died here. So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's really, really critical work, and uh, I love this piece for really showing just how uh, mind-numbing it is, uh, but also how important it is mm-hmm
2: yeah I mean I, I totally agree with that. I think it's really, really good uh work I mean there'd been um some I think reports about this kind of earlier in the year which which I'm guessing is kind of what set off um uh, this reporter into looking into this and he did a really, really good job Josh did a, a really um great job on it and, and and you're right, it is important work um and and I think to me it kind of underscores a little bit of sort of the class system about what we talk about when we talk about what Jobs AI is replacing mm-hmm. because if we're being honest, like no one ever cares when jobs are replaced by technology until it's people who who potentially are the middle class who are going to be impact- yep. impacted. I mean, and that was true for um, manufacturing as well, right? That mm-hmm. there was a time when that was a more middle class um, profession, and uh, like like not not a. It's been a while, but but there was a time when you could you know depending on what part of the country you lived in you could do well working at a factory. And people really didn't start to care that much about, you know, jobs moving overseas until people started having seen the impact, you know, on on people that they thought were kind of above or within their own station in life. And we see the same thing with AI, where the people who are complaining are people who typically have white collar jobs and, and are worried about what that impact will be on them. Even if those white collar jobs are, to be completely candid, not anything that, like, what makes that more special than any other job? Like, why should that be saved
1: from automation
2: mm-hmm. more than any other thing? Like, I, I, I don't think that um, there should be any any difference there. Um, but I do think that, yeah, I mean, th- what makes all of this work, and, and obviously, I think the the amount of this sort of human intervention that you will need becomes less and less over time. Um, it's one of those things that's very important, I think, when you're building out an AI model to have the labeling and that sort of identification. But obviously, as time goes on, then those things become less and less important. Um, but it is uh, an, an essential part. Um, and and so um, this isn't something that we should forget about. It's also interesting to me, you know, uh, Mechanical Turk is owned by Amazon. And mm-hmm. and it's been around for, God, I mean, as long as I can remember. And it is, it is interesting just to kind of see how that uh, – Whole like kind of system has evolved over time, and it has become, you know, there's there's are so many um, subsystems uh, around it that have existed. So uh, you know, not not subsystems around it. There's an entire industry that is similar to Amazon uh, to to, uh, Mechanical Turk and these sorts of platforms for people who look a dollar twenty an hour is deplorable here, but in some parts of the world is you know five, six, seven, eight times what the average wage is. So in some, some, some parts of the world, that's actually incredible. And, in other uh, parts of the world, it's obviously unconscionable. Um, but it, but it does, I think, just sort of kind of underscores the, I don't know. It's interesting to me just to see how over the last 15 to 16 years, this um, kind of underground way of, of getting, um, you know, low level work done has become so important and, and so used by so many different services.
0: Yeah, I think your your point about white collar jobs is really relevant cuz like one of the arguments like brought up and addressed in the piece is like once AI can do menial tasks, people will be free to pursue creative creative work, fulfilling work. And there is this whole an entire globe of menial, tedious but yes. very important tasks. Yep earning very low pay for people that will not be replaced and is not part of that that conversation of like what can be automated because like even eventually you know this process of training the ai could be automated there will be another task that will be equally poorly paying uh but need human interaction and that's yeah that's not going to go away and if it did go away there would be no fulfilling labor that would be waiting for the people that are doing this a hundred percent
1: I wanted to I wanted to ask y'all a question from the piece. Um, so they talk in here about the assumption that eventually uh like the computers are not gonna need this data to be annotated and you know very carefully categorized by mm-hmm. people. Um I think that's just flat out false. I, I don't think that's true. I, I mean, yeah, I, similar yeah. to
0: the conversations we've had before, like there there's you have to have a human to check it. Right, like when we're talking about the lawyer who submitted the yeah. the, the case and yeah, from ChatGPT, no, somebody needs yeah. to check it. The case of um when Josh is doing his little experiment and uh the he's asked to label clothing mm-hmm. and does it incorrectly because he labels the clothing worn by a person but not that same clothing appearing in a reflection in a window and it's like that because the computer doesn't distinguish between those two things, right? And you need to learn how to do that. And I think. I, I think that identifying, like, those edge cases, that's something that, like, an engineer needs to do and then communicate to the person who needs to annotate then those images or that footage. Right. Um, and yeah, I it's mean, just so Chris- complicated.
1: <laughs> Christina, you're more in the development of this. Yeah, I mean, not this exact technology and stuff like this. I mean, mm-hmm. do you are you as cynical as, as we are about this?
2: Well, I mean, i not. I I don't think that the edge cases will ever go away. I do right. think that you will need less of them. I think that there is a it, because we've seen that happen over time. Like OCR is a great example of this, where at this point OCR optical character recognition is good enough that in most cases most people do need do not even bother checking. Now there are like famous edge cases where for instance, uh, I can't think of the the, the, um, copy machine brand right now, but one of the major copy machine brands, what they do, and this is so screwed up, it's it's kind of funny, (laughs) is that rather than doing the typical way you make a copy where they take a photograph and then print it out on paper, what they do is they take a photograph and then they use OCR and then they recompile it and then it prints out through kind of the computer there. And what's happened is that there were certain types of, of that were it was getting certain characters wrong. And so certain copies of things were incorrect. And these are on like modern copy machines. And so there are cases like that that happen. But by and large, like OCR is in so many different things that we don't even think about it. And and it is good enough in many, many cases that I I don't think that even in, in, and I'm talking about most commercial uses here, that most people don't bother checking. So do I think that we will reach that for some labeling types? Yes, I do. Um, do I think that we will ever get rid of all the edge cases and the need for this sort of thing? No, I don't, but I do Mm -hmm. think it will lessen over time. Similarly, like the way that CAPTCHAs work and and a lot of people don't know this, um, because they don't work and, and because they, they have been, you know, the bots have learned how to get around them, but CAPTCHAs have been a way that Google has been getting people to do image identification and other types of identification for years and years. When you have to select what, you know, how many fire hydrants are in the image or write in what the, the letters are, that is literally you training Google's algorithms and their computer vision platforms to be able to better understand these things. So, you know, I think it'll be a mix of things. I, but I don't think it'll be ever go away. But I, I definitely do think that even in a few years, I mean, if, if I, I can tell you from personal experience, when I see the power of what AI vision was doing four years ago, five years ago, and what it's doing now, um, orders of magnitude of difference in terms of, it, it, it like, it, it's not even close. Like, it literally, you know, there was the the Silicon Valley joke, you know, is it a hot dog? You know, as, as kind of an app sort of thing where that is literally something that anybody can build with anything with free off-the-shelf parts. You could do that four years ago, but now you could really get in depth in terms of what stuff things can identify. So, you know, like, no, I don't think it'll ever go away, but I, but I absolutely think that it'll be lessened.
1: I I really hear you on that. I mean, I I think that's very clear it's going to lessen, right? Just because there's going to be a larger data set over time in these, it it seems like it's going to be maybe a good analogy is like frameworks, right? Like we have various parts of computer programs that are really, really good at doing certain tasks. At this point of like, you know, software development, we have so many of these, like there's a lot of different APIs you can bring in to like address different kinds of tasks, right? Yeah, I think... you're going to see that kind of like work savings build up with like ai data sets right that are well yeah you already have those yeah but but i think like the reason this piece in particular is bringing that issue up is there are very real labor things to consider here sure right like should people like at least be um have some idea of what they are Working on mm-hmm. uh, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. I think that's an interesting question. Uh, should pay like should uh, that be more standardized? What kind of liability exists, right? Like if this is going to be a burgeoning um, economic sector. Right with uh, a lot of people working in it, I, I think the question is: Is this something that is worth investing uh, regulatory um, you know, thought into yeah. long term for the industry? Well, that's and, hard, right? That, that's hard yeah. because
2: so much of us is international. I mean, so you can't 100%. regulate it, right? right. Yeah. Like you can you can right. regulate what you can do in the U.S., but. The vast majority of this work, and this has been true for a long time, is not and being not done in the U.S. not just
1: us. We do no, it exactly. with drugs, too. I was going to say mean, with we many, do many drug things. trials here. So. No.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree, and I think that there should be more things like that. And certainly there are some models that do more work, I think, than others in terms of how much a lot of scientists are doing things by hand. And certainly you know, checking in on the edge cases. But I mean, to me, this is very similar in a lot of regards to what content moderation at Facebook and and to a lesser extent, YouTube. YouTube is much more um, uh, moderated by, um, you know, uh, uh, algorithms. Um, but, you know, Facebook, there, there have been countless reports over the years about the toll, the human toll that is taken by mm-hmm. people who are in rooms having to watch and, and be exposed right. to that content day after day. To me, this is a very similar, you know, like, um analogy um with, with the exception that this is you know i don't think in in most cases it's not going to be nearly as harrowing it's going to be you know labeling and and much yeah. more monotonous and like tedious. hopefully people's
0: emotions when they're ordering domino's pizza all right <laughs> better yeah it it is fascinating and i'm glad that that people are writing about it and talking about it um and it's definitely something that'll probably continue to be part of our conversations around AI as we, as we, uh, as time continues to go on, bringing us into the new world. Who wants to talk about drones? I do. I want to talk about drones. <sighs> wow. So Brianna is considering making a purchase
1: i am okay so i don't talk about every stupid hobby i have on the show but uh you know while back christina you kind of inspired me to go out and get a really good DSLR, right um uh, so it just this is important like this ties into my drone evaluation purpose with your drone journey So I started out and I just got like a standard. I was like, I'm not that serious a photographer. I'm not that good, right? I'll just buy whatever's on Amazon. I don't need to go down the Reddit rabbit hole and look this up. So I got some uh, Canon Rebel, right? It's like a $800 camera. Um, It's great. I started taking pictures with it. I'm like, hey, I actually enjoy this. This is fun. Um, So then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get this serious camera. I remember talking to you about this on the show, Christina. You're like, are you sure you don't want to get a mirrorless? I'm like, I'm fine. Look, this is cheaper. It's great. I've read the reviews. This is good enough. I'm not a good photographer. I'll just get this. So then it's like I go out and I spend uh, how much was the Mark for? Like uh, over $2,000 plus probably another $2,000 in glass, uh, lenses, getting that together. Holy moly. And I start using it and I'm like, oh, now that I really understand this hobby because I'm going out every single weekend and doing shoots all weekend. Right. It's like, I really need to get the pro camera right does that make sense to you? Because it's like all these features, how fast it can like process data in burst mode, right? The white balance, the, the resolution on it, uh, the way the software tracks moving subjects. Uh, these are all features that exist in the new camera um, that are actually very, very, like this will help me my hobby and help me get the most outfits, So then I'm going and selling my Mark IV, and getting you know a mid range uh, mirrorless, right? All of this would have been avoided from the very beginning if I'd just gone. Christina, what's the best stupid wireless uh, mirrorless camera on the market? Right. Yeah, and you go look the the R R6 is not the best. It's not the ultra pro model. But it's a good pro grade mid consumer camera. Just buy that and buy this one two thousand dollar lens, and you'll be done. Yep. Uh, which is exactly what Wire Cutter says, and I should have done that from the very beginning. So now that I'm deep enough into like photography that I'm going. Well, there are a lot of really interesting shots I would like to do on the weekend um, that are like, um, you know, like you're limited from like your, your height, right? And there are a lot of interesting like landscape shots or like going or exploring in the woods. I did a project I haven't talked about on this show where a really good friend of mine, uh, his mother went missing and we're out there like yeah. scouring the desert with, uh, with drones trying to find it right? Like there's all these really cool, interesting applications for drones. And it's like I know I like photography enough that like for the last year and a half, this has been what I've been doing on my weekends, going and taking like pictures and doing them in Lightroom and really enjoying building up the skill set. So I'm really torn, Christina, because it's like when you start looking through the drone market, yep. uh, wire cutter, says that the um, the DJI uh, Air 2 yep. is the best drone for I was, most I, I, people. Yeah, I right.
2: was going to say the 2S is what I was 2S, actually going right. to tell you. Apologies.
1: Yeah. Apologies. Well I,
2: well, I don't know if yeah. they, how up-to-date they are. They might have said no, the older no, version, so I don't that's know. that's it. I just yeah.
1: misspoke. You know, it's about $1,000. Yep. It's great. Flies around fantastically. Um, you know, it's a good drone. Best for most people, right? I'm also someone who, you know, I spend like a good three hours most Sundays, like going through Lightroom and looking through all the pictures I took and trying to like really make the best of that. So the next one up is the Mavic 3 3 Pro, which has three lenses in it, including a Hasselbeck camera, which is really, really good. And this is where I'm really stuck because when you look at the 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 YouTube videos that compare these two um like like the the footage and the cameras of these two drones, I want to be honest, I can tell a difference, but it's not a huge difference, right. right? And I don't think I would notice this difference if I hadn't worked in the video game industry. Like I'm very sensitive to right. thinking about dynamic range, right? Um, and a lot of the issues I think could be corrected with Lightroom. But you're also talking about like a 899 drone versus something that's going to be over $3,000 right. once you get the battery packs.
2: Yeah, it's like it's so, like it's like a three times difference. Yeah, cuz I'm yeah. looking at it now. So like you can get the DJI Air 2S Fly More combo, that's 1300 direct yeah. from um DJI right now. The Mavic uh 3 Pro is uh, th- uh $3000 if you get their kit with which will come with the batteries.
1: Which you do want.
2: Which of course you want. So I would say exactly kind of what I said to you before, which is I I would start with the with the Air 2S because if you decide that you go beyond that, you can sell it, you can get, you know, probably 70% of your money back, and then you'll probably have a newer version of, right. of the Mavic out that you can buy versus going directly for the Mavic, um, which which is going to be better. But to your point, I don't know how much better it will be. There's also the, the Mavic 3 Classic I would look and maybe compare like what that pricing is. Cause that pricing is getting pretty close to what the air two S is, but I have a feeling right. that the camera quality cameras, is very similar. Yeah.
1: It has two cameras instead of uh three. Right. Like right. Cause, it, well,
2: Cause it's the older version. So, right. so, you know, that would be something potentially to look down to, to look at as like, if you want to kind of a, a cross between the two, although I think that the air two S might have some newer software features and some other stuff that would make it potentially more attractive um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's going to depend on how much you really think that you're going to want to do this thing because for video stuff, to your point, like you're going to be able to like, how much is, how much is the quality difference going to impact the sort of stuff you're doing? Or is this mostly going to be as a hobby? If it were me, I I would start with the, with the air 2s, and right. then if I really liked it, then I would look at, at going up, but I don't think that I would immediately go for the Mavic. Well, here's the question:
0: What's the resale market like?
1: Pretty good for drones. Pretty solid. Because that
0: could, I guess, it, it play into it. If you like, you invested in something nicer. Wait, have you? Sorry, have you flown a drone at all before?
1: I, I haven't. No, okay. but I mean, I I do know I really like photography, and I I. It's a reasonable guess to say I'm gonna enjoy drone photography right? Th- that's fair I can, <laughs> that's, I can
0: very much envision you enjoying drone photography it right. feels it feels right it feels like it fits in with the narrative right um I mean that being said, my instincts always similar to what Christina has said in in going for the the more affordable investment first that being said uh, given that you'll probably enjoy it and that maybe even on the chance that you don't you could
2: rehome your drone, <laughs> re-home the drone. Well, well I was going to say what you might want to check out is you might want to see like find like a local camera or drone stores and see if you could rent one that would honestly oh, be that's a really cool. good this honestly be my advice it would be to, would be to rent one or like like rent rent the Mavic 3 first and hold see hold
1: on hold on lens pro to go is this like high end ultra lens store that just happens to be right next to my house they're like one of the biggest in the united states i wonder if they have a drone
2: yeah they probably do and so yeah so that's something that i would look at see if you could rent one um or or borrow one from someone and try it out and then see if you could try out a mavic three and if you could then like you might see how much you like it and and whatnot they do
1: they do. I'm just gonna call them up tomorrow and rent one. That's a great idea, Christine. You could just oh go God. play in the park
2: with
0: a
1: drone. Huh? What are the What but are the see, laws in this, Boston like? Yeah,
0: regarding that's what flying. That's why I wanted
1: to ask. Well, I'm not in Boston. I'm outside Boston yeah. in Dedham so um, the answer is I'm not quite sure <laughs> like I don't think yeah. I'm gonna get okay. arrested the weight difference for the uh, for the Air 2 is actually so little uh, The you don't have to have the same you're not restricted in right. the same ways exactly. by FAA laws and the mm. Mavic 3 does go a little bit over that that Ooh. limit okay that's important but I've looked at what it takes to get the FAA um, like drone certification it's
2: usually it's usually, it's usually just a form and like $25. Yeah, um, it's
1: no big deal. It's yeah. some, some quizzes and yeah. stuff. I was right. going to say,
2: the big the big thing you need to know is like where you're going, making sure that they don't have rules. Like The reason right. I don't have a drone, because I've wanted one and, I, and I've used them and I really like them, is because the city of Seattle is not down with them at all. Like They literally will not let you use them in public parks. I think even if you have a film license, like a, like a commercial film license, I think that where they will let you use it in public areas, I still think parks are off-limit, um, which is separate from, like, other laws, and then the state has weird things, and so I'd have to go to very specific areas to use it, and then at that point, I'm kind of like, well, you know, that kind of ruins a lot of the fun of it, so yeah. um, that's why don't I don't car, have one, because, so. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, but Grant has a car, but, like, but to me, like, the, the fun of it would honestly be, like, being able to use it you know where I would want. And I I get the park banned to an extent. I wish they at least had some parts of the park or some areas like in New York and, and even like in the suburbs where you can use them because I, I don't I think that if they're used correctly, they aren't that, you know, um, disruptive. I would rent one and see what you think. Although I'm looking at their rental prices right now and like a 4-day rental for the Air 2S is like $180, which is a quarter of the price of the the unit itself. Yeah. So but still I would rent one before I I I bought it. Just just to make sure you kind of get a get a sense of, of what mm-hmm. you want and then and then go from there.
0: And then you could have a, a lucrative second career as a wedding
1: photographer. Yeah, totally. with the drone. That's what she that Like they're loud no, in real literally, life. No, yeah. at
0: my friend's wedding in uh Como last year, they had a really? drone
1: that filmed it. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen it. It's, it happens very frequently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was thinking I'd record, like, do car shows and stuff like that. But going oh, could work sick. out, too. Oh, car shows yeah. would be, be awesome, yeah. Yes. Oh, my I God. I don't know. It's just, um, you know, like – Boston is gorgeous. Obviously, we've got some great skylines here, but the thing is, like Frank and I often go in the car on the weekend and, like, yeah, you know, drive down to you know outer New York, like not the city, but the the mm-hmm. rest of the state, right? Like, yeah. there's the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, the the this part of the country is truly, truly gorgeous. And like going up to Vermont for a day, right? Oh yeah. There, there's just a lot of really cool stuff that you could look at that you can't like get from the ground. And I just, I don't know. It seems like a uh, spending a thousand bucks. That's not the craziest thing I'd ever do. And like not we're techies. All. Drones are awesome. So.
0: I hope I, you'll have to let us know. So this is part of a journey okay. where Brianna is yes. going to, I guess, test these drones and you'll let us know <laughs> what you end up going with and what your experience I will definitely is do like.
1: that. Yes. Fact, yeah. I'm
0: excited for you to have a new hobby. Or I guess a, a <laughs> sort of branch on your hobby of photography, uh, growing exactly. into a beautiful tree.
1: <laughs>
0: well, hey, let's talk about what we are up
2: to this week. Christina, what are you up to? So I'm just doing some work stuff and um, uh, trying to hopefully, like, you know, keep the heat away because Oof. it is that time of year where my apartment is just completely just sweltering like from 2 p.m. until like 9 p.m. So that's uh, that's what I'm doing. And I'm also following everybody's favorite soap opera that is currently happening on television right now. Um, Succession. Uh,
1: y- sure. Uh, Zuckerberg fighting uh, Elon, Elon Musk. I mean, that's, yeah, a, that's a great that one. one. No, I mean, no it's, it's
2: it's more like, you know, the, the, the search, the thing that, you know, we've got uh, actual planes looking for. I'm following that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Brianna, what are you
2: up to?
1: So uh, if I can, like, shine, my uh, polish my own apple yeah. a little bit. I was so proud, you guys. So I pick up the uh, the physical paper of the Times uh, this weekend, and I look at it, and above the fold, here is the headline, A Year After Dobbs Advocates Push in States for a Right to Birth Control. Um, I am one of the leads on a nationwide project to basically make – Sure, that people have access to birth control in this country. We are putting together a huge coalition. Um, like literally, I spent this morning working with a uh, you know pastor who just Mm -hmm. happens to be pro-contraceptive, right? And I'm working with another, uh, uh, you know, like a sorority girl who's super conservative from my uh, alma mater of Ole Miss, right? So um, uh, we're really trying to build a wide coalition that's not another stupid left versus right wing screaming match. It's just like, look, contraceptive access is an issue of freedom. Mm-hmm. And we need to enshrine that into state law. So um, I'm really, really, really incredibly proud to be working on this, uh, You know, organizing younger people and trying to get the messages out there. So that's what I'm doing this week. I was so proud to see us Woo! above the fold in the Heck physical yeah. copy of The Times. Absolutely. That is a career success. They did that with Gamergate. and This is the second time I saw this happen. This is so, much um, more pleasant. Well, not yes. pleasant,
0: but like... Better. It's co- more it's better con- than
1: gamer games. Well I was, yes. say it's it's I was yes. gonna yes. say it's more consequential. I was gonna say it's more Thank consequential. Thank you. It has yes. more bearing. <laughs> I agree.
0: Um, is there anywhere you'd like to direct people to if they want to learn more about that?
1: Uh, you know, just follow me on Twitter. I uh, can go to the, okay. uh, look up, um, uh, we'll put the uh, link to the New York times article in the show note. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you're Perfect. in these States, I know we've got a really big push in North Carolina coming up, uh, you know, get out, make uh, your voice heard on this issue. Uh, especially if you have a conservative, uh, representative, you know, this is not a left versus right issue in my view. Awesome.
0: This week, what I will be doing? I'm making drawers. Uh, I'm Yay. making Victorian underwear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's
2: my that's my hobby. Right wait, now. Wait, no, when you said drawers at first, I thought I was actually thinking like like furniture. physical drawers, like furniture. Yeah. And I was I was like, oh, you got into furniture. I was like, that's interesting. Maybe you should, you're getting them for your clothes, but no, you're actually making underwear. See, that's what you should have led with. You're making pants.
0: I am. I am
2: making pants
0: and chemises. Um, no, now that I'm back from Montreal, uh, I have time to devote to my, 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 my needlework, (laughs) y'all. I have time to devote to my needlework and I'm making underwear, uh, so that I can become good at sewing with the bits (laughs) that will not be generally visible to the world because, boy, do I make a lot of goofy mistakes. Um, that's pretty much what I'm doing because I can't. I, it. I can't do anything else because I freaking uh, have become injured. <laughs> no, injured. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, what happened? I, I dropped off. Uh, I, I I dropped off my grandstand at the Montreal Grand Prix to run to the podium,
2: and I twisted my ankle quite badly. <gasps> oh,
1: no. oh no, Simone! Oh, no, no,
2: it's awesome. awesome. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I twisted my ankle earlier this year in a really dumb way, so I, I have nothing but but empathy.
0: We are all solidarity here. And uh, Christina, the great thing about you twisting your ankle is that at least you're not 30 yet. So your bones are still
2: uh, (laughs) full of collagen. I mean, it did did heal remarkably quickly in that regard. Um, My whole like torn ligament thing, not so much. But I'm just going to blame that on other things that have nothing to do with age. (laughs) Uh,
0: Absolutely. It's the environment. It's global warming, I hear. 100%. It makes your ligaments strange. Um, <laughs> so I'm super excited to be back doing my hobbies. Um, and I had a great time in Montreal. I was going to say, how was Montreal? So freaking good. It's oh, a wonderful city. Isn't I a great would place, like how much to return? poutine there. How much poutine did you have? I had one poutine. Okay, but it was good. And it was perfect. It was yep. like the perfect poutine.
1: I just can't believe it's like I'm going down to New York for three days, and yet again, it's like Simone is leaving. Bye, going to Canada.
0: (laughs) Also, that eleven-hour train ride, um, not bad, not bad. It was pretty peaceful. They let us off in Albany to stroll around. Anyway, where can we find you all online, Brianna? What about you?
1: Uh, find me at Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. While it's still operational, Elon decided to pay his uh, uh, Google bill, which was surprising. Uh, Well, well, the
2: adult decided to
1: pay the Google bill. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Someone who's uh, an adult decided to do that. Uh, uh, But I would much prefer you to follow me on Mastodon or Blue Sky. Uh, I just like it because every other uh, person in Tweet I see isn't anti-Semitism, which, yeah, that's just my thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Brianna on Blue Sky. Please follow me there. And Christina, what about you? So I'm
2: film underscore girl on Twitter, uh, Mastodon. It's at Mastodon.social and Instagram. And then on Blue Sky, I'm FilmGirl one word. Um, and uh I was off social media for like a week or so. I'm um, not for any real reason. I just kind of didn't really want to be on it. So, um, but but I'm kind of I'm kinda of back. I'm kind of doing this thing where I'm just like taking time off when I don't feel like I have to be invested mm-hmm. in it, which is which is nice. But I'm 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 back now. Um, Zuck uh, on his Instagram stories um, has said that he will f- basically asked Elon like when and where to get in a cage match. And and this is my favorite part. The PR's official response was, "The story speaks for itself," which. Really? All I wanted to do was ask the follow up, which is okay. So, is this taking place in real world ro- in the real world, or is this going to take <gasps> place in like meta horizons? Like, please, somebody find out. See, I agree. That's see, this is what, in my opinion, that is what real journalism would do. I would have immediately followed up with the PR person and been like, okay, no, but like in VR or in real life. Like, I yeah, need to give know. us the details. So, we need who to know. do we
1: think would win? Oh, between... Zach, do you think so? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: He actually trains. Like he actually oh, exercises and trains. Yeah, really? he he puts photos of him like doing his jujitsu stuff, like videos like on his Instagram. And like I'm not saying that either of them would I'm not saying it would be a good fight at all. Sure. And I'm not saying that it'd be anything like worth like looking at in that regard. But I but I do feel like yeah, I I I, I was gonna say actually like I'd make a five hundred dollar bet on who would win in this fight for sure.
1: I feel like Elon has some weight advantage on him and I feel like he has a like if I were ever to be in a fight I think I would really have to uh depend on my sneakiness to win mm, and my underhandedness stealth. and I think Elon would find a way to cheat. That's that's yeah, my thought.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I'm still I'm still putting uh also like he's got like 20 years on Zuck. Fair. So, so Fair. I don't know. I'm just, That's all I'm saying true. is I'm just saying like for me, I mean, yeah. I, look, I would watch this is all I'm saying. I, I even tweeted this. I was like Facebook and, and Twitter could split the, t- um, the ticket, but you know how a lot of people get into the YouTube boxing. I don't care anything about yeah. that because I don't care about any of them. And so if they want to bash each other's heads and great, but I don't care this, I would watch as awful and as dumb as it would be. I would throw a party and I would watch the hell out of yeah. this. Yeah. It would be a once-in-a-lifetime spectacle. And I have to say, I'm compelled by your
0: argument. I was also leaning towards Elon, but I I think that you've swayed me to the Zuck side. Yeah. And I will never say that about anything else in my life.
1: <laughs> um uh, all right. Uh,
0: well, it's all like if, Alien
1: versus Predator, no matter who oh wins God. we lose. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, if you are a Rocket Booster subscriber, you are about to hear us talk about the end <gasps> of Harry and Meghan's deal with Spotify. If you are not a, Ro- a Booster subscriber, love you lots anyway, please consider reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts or spotify uh that helps it uh gain visibility helps people find it and listen to it um and uh us keep making the show that we make that i hope you enjoy thank you so much everyone for listening to this episode this episode of rocket is terminated terminated terminated